hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas. I want to check real quick and see if you got everything that you wanted. Stuart, how'd you make out? Good? Thumbs up. Roger, how about you? Good? Yeah. All right. Very good. I know Arden got everything he wanted. Bill? Good? Okay. We had a pretty good Christmas in, didn't we? Right? So now that Christmas is over, where do we go from here? Well, it's a time of year we look ahead to the new year. We start to think a little bit about resolutions. I heard a report this past week that kind of surprised me, although maybe not. Fewer and fewer people are making New Year's resolutions. Now, how they get this information, I don't know. I suppose a survey of some sort. But whether people are honest about it, I don't know. But how about you? Is this a time for you to look back and look ahead to make resolutions for the new year? Or have you kind of given up on that? My father, every New Year's Eve, would give up smoking. But by halftime of the Orange Bowl, he would be in his favorite chair, lighting up a Salem. We all tried to encourage him, but we knew that uh, that resolution wasn't going to go too far. We've all had resolutions like that, right? We've had uh, things that in earnest we, th we took time to think about and reflect on and say, how am I going to bring about change in my life? What can I do differently in the coming year? What can I do better? Or more appropriately, how can I be a, a more faithful disciple of Christ? How, how can I walk more closely with him? Well, I decided, because I have such respect for this congregation, that I would share a couple of my New Year's resolutions with you. I've kind of vetted through you, and you can give me a thumbs up or thumbs down as to whether or not you think it's worthwhile, or whether you think I should just say forget it. So this is a new book for my daughter, a little journal that enables me to, to make these notes. So a couple things here. Uh, drink more water, drink less Coke. What do you think? Uh, thumbs up. Pam sees me every day with a Coke, so I'm sure she's concerned about that. I did, I experimentally tried this back in the fall. I gave up Coke. I think it lasted about 45 minutes. So this is going to be a challenge. A couple other things that might be a little bit more of a reach. Um, learn to play the fiddle and join a Celtic road show. Um, we'll skip that one. Probably not realistic. How about this? Uh, work on my jump shot and try out for the Cavs. No, not going to work. Okay. Not tall enough. Not good enough. Right. Forget that. Uh, go to Hawaii and learn to surf those big waves. Good. Okay. We're good with that? All right. Very good. Can you make sure? Can you make reservations? That'll be good. All right. So maybe, maybe it's not such a good idea. Maybe we need to rein things in a little bit as we look ahead toward 2020. But my question for you is, how are you looking ahead to 2020? Is it with great anticipation? Or is there a little bit of dread involved? You know, we know not the future. We don't know what is in store for us around the corner. But we can look forward through our faith with great anticipation. And frankly, that's where I am right now with this church. I am so excited about your potential about the possibilities. The seeds have already been planted. Those little mustard, mustard seeds, we, we planted those back in the fall and they're already starting to come up even in this crazy weather because of your faithfulness, because of your interest, your enthusiasm, your desire. This church has a great future beginning in 2020. Although we don't even really have to wait that long. We can start today or put it off and start a new week on Monday, however you want to do it. But Let's reflect for a few moments on the coming year, 
and what it will mean for us and, and to the extent that we, that we can influence that. Um, you know, Peter didn't necessarily make resolutions, but he certainly made a lot of promises and he didn't make good on a lot of those. He often came up short, but Jesus, faithful, loving leader that he was, forgave Peter and redeemed Peter. And Peter went on to form the basis, the establishment, the foundation for, for our church. So what, what makes us think that we can make substantive changes in our lives? Well, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, believed that we can change and that we should change. Now, he believed in something that on the surface seems very unrealistic. He believed in perfection. When you think about that, you think, well, that, that counts me out. There's no chance. I have no, no hope for perfection in any way. But what he was talking about was not perfection in human flesh, but rather in Christ-like love. Now, that, to me, seems a little bit more achievable. And in the true Wesley fashion, it all begins with grace. And grace starts with repentance. So on this final Sunday of 2019, it behooves all of us to come before God in a spirit of repentance. Because we know that the last week, the last month, uh, even the last year, there have been times when things haven't been great, when maybe we've lashed out in anger, maybe we've used language we shouldn't use, maybe we've done some things that we know we shouldn't do. So it is a time to come to the Lord, to come to the foot of the cross in a spirit of repentance. And from there we progress to this marvelous process, which can only come through grace and through God, of reconciliation. You know what? I forgive you. I forgive you for all that you have done. One, one little caveat though, would you please also forgive others? In order for this to work, we need to, we need to forgive one another. Then we come to redemption. We are redeemed. We are with Christ. We are in Christ. We are through Christ. And then it's restoration. We are made whole. We are made new once again. We are cleansed by his spirit. We're a new being. So on January 1st, 2020, at midnight, we can start over. We can begin again as a new being, redeemed through Christ. All of our past iniquities have been washed away. Miraculously so, for sure. So we're ready to start. And again, we don't have to wait till January 1st. Wesley advanced the idea of sanctifying grace as an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit that changes us. If you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure you all have, you would say that you've been changed, right? You've been changed in small ways and in large ways. And our lives are increasingly, increasingly conformed to the mind of Christ. Is that where we're headed? Are we thinking more like Christ? Are we walking more closely with him? Wesley called this process sanctification or becoming perfected in love. Sanctifying grace draws us toward Christian perfection, which Wesley described as a heart habitually filled with the love of God and neighbor and as having the mind of Christ and walking the way he walked. So two pretty critical habits there. And habit is an interesting choice of word there as we look to break habits and start new positive habits. To be filled with the love of God and neighbor because you can't have one without the other. 
and having the mind of Christ to walk as he walked. Now that's kind of a big challenge, kind of a daunting task, is it not? But still doable through his grace and through his mercy that we can walk together with him. We can walk as he walked. And we'll talk in just a moment about how we might do it. So we've been spending all these years, myself included, my father included, trying to break bad habits. Perhaps what we should have been doing is thinking more about establishing good habits. Specifically, making the love of God and neighbor a habit. Not always easy to do, right? We've had conflicts and quarrels with our neighbors and our co-workers and even family members. And we kind of walk away from the con confrontation and say, I, I'm not going to forgive that person. They hurt me. I can't, I can't go back. I can't resume and restore a relationship with them. But then we think about what God did for us and we say, I think I need to give it a shot to revisit that. And furthermore, having the mind of Christ and walking the way that he walked. So I guess the only resolution, this will make it easy for everybody here, I think, especially me. The only resolution we really need to make in 2020 is to totally and completely surrender to the Lord. Let's begin with that. Let's just surrender. Let's give it all back. Now, I'm probably one of the more stubborn people in this congregation. I have my own thoughts, my own ideas. I want to do things my way. But then when I think about and contemplate the concept of surrender and think about how much easier that makes things, I'll just give it all back to you. You guide me where I need to go. Let, let me start with you. Let me heart, my heart be refreshed and renewed. From that vantage point, 2020 starts to look a whole lot different, a whole lot better, a whole lot more positive. So as we reflect on what Phyllis read for us in Psalm 51, we think about repentance because it reminds us to acknowledge that we have been sinful and that we, what we have done may have actually been evil in God's sight. So how can we in any way hope to come back to him if we've done these things, we've committed these transgressions? Well, it is through his abundant grace and mercy. So we cry out to the Lord. And this can be our prayer for the day, to be cleansed. Cleanse me, Lord, for my sins. Forgive me for my transgressions. Allow me to begin anew on this day, December 29th, 2019. Several days ahead of 2020. I'm ready. I'm roaring. I'm ready to go for 2020. I'm ready to make a fresh start. But I have to put the old self behind. I need to get rid of who I was and become who you intended for me to be. We ask God to hide his face from our sins and blot out our iniquity, and he does that. And then to create in us a pure heart. Wow, is that possible? Talk about resolutions. You mean I can have a pure heart? Whoa, consider the possibilities of that. One way to do it is to renew a steadfast spirit, the steadfast spirit that lives within us, that allows us to be the following. And these are kind of hard to grasp because we think we want to be this way, but can we really be this way? Can we be trustworthy? Can we be reliable? Can we be dependable, dedicated, and devoted? And can we, as we approach another new year, the root word of resolution, can we be resolute? Can we totally 
and completely commit ourselves to what God has in store for us. It is a process, and it is outlined for us very neatly in the book of Ephesians. And I'll share this with you again. Again, Phyllis read it for us, but it bears repeating. If we want to bring about change in our life in 2020, if we're really serious about it, because we do kind of need to be serious about it, if we are, let's consider the following precepts. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Okay, that's a little difficult, but that's doable. Put away the deceit, the mistrust, the dishonesty. In our anger, and we all get angry from time to time, do not allow sin to take hold. Let's get through it quickly. Let's move through that anger. Let's seek to resolve. Let's seek to reconcile as quickly and completely as we can. Okay, those are two things we can look at in 2020 that I think we can all do. Furthermore, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. You've heard that saying many times. The quicker that we can exorcise our anger, that we can rid ourselves of anger, the quicker we can reconcile with our neighbor. Sometimes we hold on to that resentment for a long, long time. But the quicker we let go of it, the more quickly we can resolve things with our neighbor. Do not give the devil a foothold. You know, if we keep one step ahead of him, he'll never catch us. If we slow down, give him a chance. He'll grab us pretty tightly and make it a little difficult to get away from his grasp. And finally, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So this is a... This is a lot of things. This is encouragement when people need encouragement. Admonishment when people need to be admonished. But in all things, through grace and mercy, to do so with a loving heart. To do so with tenderness and kindness and compassion. So, the way I read things, we can make some changes. We can make some resolutions. We can look forward to 2020 with great anticipation. And I have to admit, I'm very excited. I'm excited by your enthusiasm, by your energy, by your desire to make this church what Jesus had intended for this church to be. To bring about change, but also to continue the many, many, many great things that you have already done. So be encouraged. Don't be intimidated by what lies ahead. Be encouraged about what 2020 can bring. Resolute change so that we can all work together, together in Christ's love, to bring about change, to bring about opportunity, to bring about encouragement for those who are hurting, that they might all join us, that we might fill the sanctuary, and crazy as this might sound, there might even be talk of needing to expand the sanctuary. It's just not big enough anymore to hold the people who have come to the Lord. I know that's a little bit out there. Maybe that's more like 2022. But we can continue to hope. We can continue to pray. We can, can continue to be faithful. Continue to love unconditionally as Christ loved us. Let us pray. Almighty God, today the realization of another year is gone, a year gone by, and it reminds us of how quickly time passes as we look to the year ahead, 
We ask that you move us in the direction of Christ-like love, that we might be reformed and transformed and live as you intended for us to live in reverence, obedience, holiness, and love. This we pray in your most holy name.